The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Happy Brandon Day. Happy Brandon Day. Happy Ailment Day. Oh, it's ailment day. We were so good last week. No ailments, but apparently they're back, huh? I got a few. You got anything before I steal the stage? Uh, I just have a minor one. You know that right eye I had surgery on? Yeah. I think I think that right eyelid may be a little bit swollen. Um, it's gotten better, though, a little bit over the last couple of days, so I'm not too concerned. Um, hoping it continues to get better, but yeah, my, my right eye is closed a tiny bit less than my left eye, but that's it for now. You're, uh, it's not like full Julio Urias eyeball, right? No, no, no. Oh, and okay. then at this current moment, I'm planning for a nap after the show. So I didn't put my contact in my left eye. So I'll roll in one eye on this podcast. So the right <laughs> eye is all the way. Oh, is it, is it International Pirate Day? I didn't know. Yes, yes, correct. Thank goodness. All right, well, I got two. Number one, although I'm fixing this one, is my back, which has sort of been a thing for me for like 20 years. So I shouldn't complain too much but i am i'm jammed and people have heard me complain about this and then people are like dan you don't get into the stuff fast enough so you're gonna be pretty upset today everybody uh (laughs) i um i have my i used to have an office in my home and that office is now a toddler's bedroom and so i jammed everything from a full room into about a five foot by four foot corner of my bedroom and it's not convenient so uh the desk is very small the monitor is just as large as it always was. I didn't downgrade that. The printer is still this behemoth of a thing. I don't... Well, why does it need to be this large? I don't know. You have uh, a printer? I have a printer, man. You got to print stuff every once in a while. Yeah, that's what FedEx Kinko's uh, office is for. Oh, I can't be going down there and spending whatever it is. Well, they like 50 cents a print job. Well, it depends on how many pages you're printing. But that's yeah, true. continue. Yeah. So mine... Anyway, it's it's cheap. Uh because I didn't buy it. It came It came to me somehow. Uh, okay. And so everything I had was sort of like wedged. It's wedged into this coin. It still is. But I found my, my lower left back was always just a little bit tight. And I think I determined it's because everything was just a tiny bit left of center. Like I couldn't get the monitor centered on the desk because there's this, this upper panel to the desk that juts inward. And the monitor was so wide that I had to move it around that. So now what I've done is I've actually put the monitor on three old computer game cases. I'm actually curious what I use. I think it's like The Sims 2. Uh, Zelda? I don't, know, I don't know what the other one is. I got to look it up for the next ailment day. And then I was able to lift the monitor so that the right edge of it could go just over the corner of that little uh, juddy or whatever you want to call it. And so I was able to move it to the right. And now I think my back is going to be better. The other one is just, you know, traditional Ashkenazi gut. I was up from, like, 4 to 6 a.m. with stomach pains, and I don't know, you just sort of figure, okay, well, this happens every once in a while if you're a frail old man like me. Uh, needless to say, I am irritated today, um, but it's all right. We're, we're breaking down a draft result, so what, you know, what could go wrong? Oh, my God. This podcast needs to be sponsored by uh, Zantac. <laughs> it really does. I almost, I almost took an Imodium slash Zofran combo in the middle of the night, but I, I willed my way through it, and I feel stronger for it, although I also feel um, 
quite tired. So how are you? Otherwise, how's uh, you? You know, your eyeballs a little bit swollen, but you feeling good? We're 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 in September now. We're coming down the shoot. Yeah, we uh, we're in September. Who would have thought that we would make it to this month? We're now one month away from the uh, basketball mm. season starting. Oh man, we're less than a month from preseason. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Um, we got to the point where even you were retweeting a uh, Jason Tatum blurb from yesterday after he got hurt at the end of the usa escape job against turkey um yeah am i bored much <laughs> yeah so we're getting to that point uh that's the news that's the only news happening in fantasy or in in basketball i mean there's team usa stuff and they almost lost to turkey which was yeah. that would have sent coach off the deep end yeah it would have it, re- it really would have i would have felt really bad for him but I don't think um, I'm gonna be honest. I haven't watched any of this team, first of all. But it seems like this is just a bunch of guys that have not really played together, and this is not a team that is built to win this uh, tournament. Yeah, I mean, we saw this like 15 years ago when everybody kept dropping out. They just they always think that they can sort of squeeze by, but I don't know. We shall see. It doesn't look like it. Are they still the betting favorites? I haven't looked. I'm not sure, but I, I know that other countries have played together for longer, and I think Serbia is a team that's up next, and so Oof. who knows Oof. how to do against them. Look out. That team is good. Did you see the the clip that was posted on Twitter about, I can't pronounce his last name, so correct me, Bruno Cabosio, the one that was on Memphis? Oh, Caboclo, uh, yeah. Yeah, apparently he did a tremendous job on Giannis. That's what I heard. And, that's what I yeah. heard. So Greece lost, right? Yeah, I think so. So it's someone to watch, perhaps, on the uh, defensive side of the ball and get you some steals and blocks, maybe, and some rebounds and threes. So someone for later on. Yeah, deep, deep leaguer. Deep leaguer. He, he did get a lot of mentions on Twitter yesterday. He came up, I think um, Bobby Marks was tweeting about how he, you know, he looked like he might have been the odd man out in Memphis, but then said maybe it's Ivan Rab. You know, sorry to my former Golden Bear. It probably is. It probably is Ivan Rab. Um, yeah. Quick mention here at the start. I want to thank the uh, our our benevolent overlords, of course, at the Great Hoop Ball, hoop ball.com. This is Fantasy NBA Today. Dan Bespers, Brandon Marcus at Dan Bespers at B D Marcus, and of course, this is a Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee presentation. I man, oh lord, I really wish I could handle coffee today. This is a day I need it real bad. There was a year where I needed it after my child was born. And uh, I've sort of settled into this nice baseline of just being a little bit tired and being okay with it. But today I am whooped. I could really use one of those sweet Hawaiian Isles roasts. Go to HawaiianIsles.com. I want you guys to get it. I want you to breathe deeply over it and think, man, my life is better than Dan's right now. As you sip it and enjoy it. And I sit over here exhausted, mainlining sugar to try to wake up. Uh... That's Hawaiian Isles, I-S-L-E-S. You can get it on Amazon as well, H-I Kona Coffee on Twitter. Brandon, we left off yesterday. I say we, it was me, because I screwed Neil out of his Tuesday appearance. But he'll be on tomorrow, don't worry. And we're through 60 picks. So, uh, what did we do last week? Did we trade off? We traded yes. off, right? Okay, I'll, I'll crack this thing open. First pick of round six, number 61, Montrez Harrell. What do you think? I think good value, right? I mean, the thing is, that's about where he should go, um, unless I'm crazy. But it seems like if you're going to look into his ability to progress as a player, I mean, at 43 overall last year total, um, obviously he'll take a little bit of a hit with PG 
and Kawhi there, and he won't be needed as much, but I still think he'll play a pretty big role off the bench. And I am buying. I know you're not buying into it, but I do think he has the ability to take that outside shot at some point. I think that is something he's adding to his arsenal to help out the Clippers. So, yeah, I'm good with that at 61. I think I'd try to wait a tiny bit longer just because I don't believe his free throw percent changes. I feel like this is just sort of who he is. 64, it's not like atrocious, so he's... I'm sure he's not taking the amount of heat that he would if it was, you know, 55 or something like that. And he gets to the line pretty frequently for someone who's coming off the bench because he's just in attack mode all the time. But like you said, you know, he played 82 games, so the durability aspect that that lifted his total numbers up, he's one of those guys with a big gap between the per game and the total in the positive direction because he's he's kind of down where guys are a little bit more bunched up. He was number 71 on a per game basis, but when you're 71 per game and you play 82, you're going to get a big kick. You're going to get a big kick up the charts. What did you say? 40, 42. Yeah, he is 41, uh, 43, 43 on top. I mean, that's a big, that's almost a three round jump from durability. And that, that's what it can mean in these, in the middle part of the draft. So yeah, I have no, I have no real problem with this one. Um, now, he's not my traditional guy because of the free throw thing, uh, but he does a lot of good stuff. So, yeah, I got no problem with it. All right, where are we going next? And this team, by the way, has Kawhi, Kemba, Conley, Harris, Brogdon. So, I mean, it's a pretty decent free throw shooting team at first glance. Yeah, very true. They can they can sort of stomach it a bit. Um, so, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, who's 62? Former Los Angeles Clipper Danilo Gallinari. Well, who, uh, you know, <laughs> we, but- you- you had a good spot to start in your uh, this week with current yeah. and former clips. Yeah, how about that? And then the next guy is someone that I've been talking about that you don't like very much. But uh, Danilo Gallinari, yeah, solid player. Um, usage rate, you assume, would go up a bit in Oklahoma City. Um, you and I have talked about his ability to stay on the court, which kind of frightens me. Yeah. Uh, um, round six maybe is the right time to get him. I I'm definitely would not take him any earlier. Uh, I'm still not sure if that's somebody that I grab, but if he stays healthy, it's a great pick. Yeah, I um, I love this pick if it was a roto league at 62 because you can squeeze 60 something games out of him. He was, I mean, he was coasting along last year. His his per game value was 28 last season, and it could potentially even get better if he's out there taking 15, 16 shots and still getting his six free throws. Uh, but yeah, I don't expect him to play 68 games again. That felt like kind of the, the high watermark and basically has been for his career. So head to head, you gotta be a little bit cautious. I I just, I I don't know if this is a guy I can draft in a head to head league. He's going to miss games. You know, he's going to miss games. Even if they're in the middle of the season, it's still going to hurt you because you're going to have to take some zeros to hold on to him. His is the kind where it's like, okay, well, he's rarely out for the year. It's usually like Gallo sprains his ankle, should be back in two weeks, comes back in five, and you sat on him those three extra weeks because you just didn't know what to do. He might be a guy I put on my can't draft list in head-to-head and a guy that I actually kind of target in Roto. In a weird, like, what what guys could possibly make that kooky list? He might be one of them because, again, like, if you can get 60-something games out of a top, 30 type of guy in round six that's a that's a colossal value but if he costs you your head-to-head playoffs and if he costs you a few weeks here and there and you've built your team to be good at free throws and then he's down uh that that's a swift punch to the the midsections i don't know 
to me, it fe- he feels like the kind of guy that settings are a big, big factor in whether or not you take him and when. Yeah, and if you have a games cap, obviously that helps to have a guy like him um, that you know is going to miss some games. But I just feel like there are certain guys that I would prefer more, guys like Josh Richardson, Karis LeVert, Derek Favors, I mean, that are going to go a little bit later that I think I'd prefer more than him in a head-to-head league. Mm, 63, this is a guy that you like more than I do. Although at 63, I can't can't really clobber anyone, and that is Jamal Murray, who finished at 79 last year in what I thought was probably one of his poor potential outcomes. So... I mean, if he's fallen into the 60s, that's fine. That's a, that's a pretty safe, relatively high floor guy that, that you can get at this point. So, yeah, you are right. I'm not a massive Jamal Murray guy, but his ADP is 66, and that's probably about where he should be going anyway. Yeah, I, I like this pick, and I'm looking at the rest of this person's t- team. Um, and the interesting thing is that they don't have a point guard at this point. So Jamal Murray is actually their first guard, so they're going to hurt a little bit in assists. Um, but nonetheless, to get a guy in round six as your starting point guard that you know is going to produce like a possible all-star is a good pick. Yeah, I'm good with it. I also like the team's name, right near the beach, which I believe is a reference to Half Baked. That's a yeah quality film. Quality By film, way, quality. It's reference. a problem for this team if Jamal Murray somehow got taken earlier before him. I mean, looking through in terms of point guards. I mean, there's, it's not very deep. After. There are a couple of them that I might grab, but be careful. I mean, you and I have talked about throughout the entire summer. Don't wait that long to get a point guard. No, it's the, there are big men plenty after this point, and there really aren't many point guards left. If you're looking for assists after round six, which is basically what we're staring down the barrel at right now, uh, you've Ruby. got Rubio. Is that who you just said? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Rubio. That's about it. Yeah. Um, and then you're looking at probably getting them, maybe Jeff Teague, not a, a bit of a health risk, but, you know, available later. And then largely sort of off position guys uh, like Joe Ingles could probably get you some assists from a, a small forward spot, uh, scanning up and down the chart. I mean, you, Marcus Gasol probably going to get a few out of the center spot, depending on how much he plays. Gordon Hayward, he's still on the board at, at, at this juncture usually, but not. Not point guard eligible, so yeah, you're um, you're a little bit of a tight spot. You you do kind of need to get a point guard relatively early. Although, as we saw earlier in this draft, there were a few sort of casual name point guards. <laughs> I say that with a little bit of a chip that fell because they're not as attractive. Guys like a Mike Conley, they're tending to fall. Eric Bledsoe, Chris Paul because of injury stuff. Kyle Lowry, he was falling. So there's there's a window. But it does slam shut pretty quickly. <laughs> like you have, yeah. you have some time to get it done. But if you miss that time, you're in real trouble. Yeah, top four rounds, I would say. Make sure you have a point guard. Uh, sixty-four. That's you, Laurie Markkinen. Um, someone that has been hurt, but when he's produced, he's been very good. Um, I feel like this is kind of an upside pick. Um, I don't know how I feel about Markkinen. Because there were times last year where I really wish I had him on my team. And then he was hurt and he couldn't stay healthy. <laughs> and he just, I, I, I don't know. I just wasn't a huge fan. His field goal percentage was not very good. He took a ton of shots. Um, good free throw percentage for a big and obviously shoots the three ball. Um, gets a lot of points and rebounds. I, I mean, I'm fine with it there. 
but I just don't love how he can't stay healthy, and he also just really hurts your free field goal percentage. Yeah, he, um, his game is not that different from sort of old Kevin Love. Not, uh, not to say like Kevin Love from a long time ago, but current iteration, like the old man version of Kevin Love, which is a lot of jumpers, a lot of distant shots, very good free throw percent for a big man, a lot of three-pointers, not a ton of defensive stats, points and rebounds, and low turnovers. Um, but that also is a stat collection that has some upside where, you know, if his field goal percent happens to click up one or two percentage points, fantastic. Uh, the threes are going to be there. The points, the boards are probably going to be there. He's, I don't see there being a low floor with him. Like, I don't know that he could really get much worse in many categories, right? Like there's, it's not like his steals or blocks could go down much. Free throw percent, we sort of know what you're getting. Threes, yeah. you know what you're getting. Points, boards. He, for a young guy, I, to me, he actually is oddly safe. And I think Chicago wants to try to make the playoffs this year. So I think they're going to push him a little more than the last two seasons. Uh, his ADP, by the way, is 46. He's going a lot earlier than this, generally. I think he fell because of injury fears. And if that's the case, I might end up with some Lowry Markinens this year. Yeah, but you got to remember, he missed 30 games last year. Um, part of that was them being obviously out of the race. So there's real no rush to re- get him healthy at any point. Um, but that's a cause for concern. Uh, I don't love that, especially when you're as young as he is. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's a high upside pick. And considering the other guys that are going in this round, we'll get to them later. Uh, I think he's one of the better picks of the round. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Um, and I, you know, a lot of his missed games last year, if I'm, if I recall, and I'll, I'll double check myself as I'm saying it, were early, and then he sort of played intermittently. Yeah, he didn't play until December, so he missed the first month and a half. He was part of their pre-tank. The pre-tank registered trademark, Dan Vespers, 2019. Uh, he played, his 50 games basically came December, January, February, March. He yeah, skipped, and then he sat out the rest of the season. Yeah, he, sk- he skipped the last three weeks, and he skipped the first six weeks. Yeah. Hey, listen, it's a great way to start your job. I mean, you just <laughs> miss, really miss the beginning, <laughs> miss the beginning, miss the end. Just play the middle, and you're great. Yeah, I really eased him in, didn't they? Boy, yeah, I think great. they'll. I think they'll push him a little bit this year. I think they want all their guys to to give it a full, you know, seventy five. Try to get in because the East is terrible. They really should have a legitimate shot to to try to get like an eight seed. And, sure. Uh, he's gonna have to play if they want that to happen. So I I have higher hopes on his body than. Uh, most, I think, and, you know, most of my stuff is Roto. I'll, I always repeat that. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, even in head-to-head, I think it's 64. He's a guy you can you can scoop up. 65, another big guy, Steven Adams, who well, we've talked about him on this podcast a few times. Without Russell Westbrook stealing his rebounds, this could be a very interesting year for Steven Adams. Yeah, big Steven Adams fan. Um, he's a guy that gets you all those steals, um, a lot of steals for a big man. He gets you blocks. His free throw percentage sucks. Um, But apart from that, I mean, everything else is very good. His field goal percentage is excellent. He'll get you points. He'll get you rebounds. He'll get you steals. He'll get you blocks. Um, Yeah, this is one of those big men that you're happy getting late. And 52 overall in total value last year. And like you said, that counts in with all the rebounds that Westbrook stole. 
Um, so, yeah, big fan of Adams. They're going to need him big time if they want to compete this year. I think they do want to try at least part of the year. I'd be surprised if OKC went into mega tank right out of the shoot. And if they decide to go into tank at any point, they're going to trade him most likely. I don't right. see him being a guy that just sits. So uh, I think he'll find a place the entire season in the lineup. Combined 2.5 defensive stats last year which that was a career high i don't know if we can assume that'll stay but 2.1 2.2 seems very attainable uh i've got to assume he's taking at least his 10 shots that he had last year he's very durable very durable six seasons in the nba he's at about 470 games played so that's excellent and then uh nine and a half rebounds was also a career high with a point guard that averaged 10. Chris Paul's not grabbing 10 rebounds on that team this year. Uh, none of the Dennis Schroeder doesn't rebound much. Uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander is a pretty good rebounder, but I think he'll be off guard a lot of the time. Uh, some of them, even if we go, even if we sort of estimate conservatively that Westbrook only took like a rebound, but I, I, I think you and I probably agree it was more than that. Still, from 9.5 to 10.5, that alone would push him up probably a half round in value. Another 80 to 100 rebounds per year? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. this is this is a no-brainer center pick at this point in the draft. I don't know if it has to necessarily be 65, but round 6, round 7 in that neighborhood, absolutely. Right. I think I'd rather yeah. have Adams and Harrell, by the way. I think I would, too, actually. It's just, yeah. it, there's like... I don't know. It's not because their games are not that dissimilar from a fantasy perspective, actually. Right. Um, yeah, there's just this this wide open path in front of Adams that Montrez doesn't really have. This is an interesting one. 66, but this is you. I'll let you bring this one in. Uh, Victor Oladipo. And when I saw this pick, I actually kind of liked it a lot. Um, do we know when he's coming back? Because I, heard, it... I heard Christmas. Okay. See, I, I didn't realize he was coming back that late. I figured he'd be coming back a little bit earlier on. Um, he's, I mean, he was a top 20 guy when he was healthy last year. So you have to be comfortable with your sixth round guy being out for a couple months. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm comfortable with that, considering that sixth round, you need to have probably six to seven guys at least that are to be contributors early on that you can count on. Um, but yeah, Oladipo is really damn good. We don't know how he's going to come back from the injury. Too many question marks. Uh, I don't, I think it's a reach. Roto, I'm not touching him. In any, on almost any scenario, he's not going to fall far enough for it to be worthwhile for me. Uh, and head for fine, him sitting on your bench. Yeah, I mean, I hate drafting a guy that's injured. I just, I sort of understand it a little bit better in head to head because you're like, all right, well, I'm going to take a zero. I need the rest of my team to be super healthy for the but first two issue. months. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't know that the guys on this team necessarily fit that mold. Blake Griffin, the round before, uh, Chris Tapps, Porzingis, round four. Um, the early picks are, are pretty safe. Dame and, and Drew Holiday, I think, are the first two. Pascal Siakam. So the first three picks are, are generally healthy guys. Rounds four, five, and six now are guys that are either already injured, injury prone, or set to have rest days. That's You need to have a fully healthy, built team to stay afloat for two months. And then in head to head, you get the guy back. You're like, all right, I got to do is make the playoffs, and I get a, a second round pick back uh, in the middle of the year that I didn't have to spend a second round dollar amount on. So I I get it. I get the strategy involved. I don't. I'd rather win a different way. I guess is what yes. I'm thinking there. Because yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, this is a all right. If all these guys stay healthy, nobody's touching me. 
Yeah. But that I mean that's so unlikely. Yeah, this team could get buried the first two months of the year if things what if Chris Stops misses 3 weeks? What if Griffin misses 3 weeks? What if heaven forbid one of the more uh reliable guys? What if Drew Holiday or Dame has to miss 2 or 3 weeks and you're already down one of these picks? That's trouble cuz in head to head you're often taking zeros. Now if it's a yeah, weekly lineup I guess eh, yeah, I don't know. Holiday's having surgery now. I mean, he, he's having a minor surgery, so he's expected to be back for training camp. But still, I mean, that's never something you want to see. Yeah, I, it's it's a it's too risky for me. But I I get this I get the idea behind it. So that's we'll we'll say we understand. We just are. Um, <laughs> I have up half the night with Ashkenazi gut. I don't need to be worried about Victor Oladipo <laughs> my first two months of the year. Uh, Josh Richardson at sixty seven. I, as I'm saying it out loud, I'm curious. His ADP is 71, so this is actually really close to where he's generally going. I think he's going to have a decent year, and frankly, Brandon, I'm surprised he hasn't fallen farther considering he got plopped onto a team where he's now like the fourth option, and he was already number 70 in Miami last year where he was supposed to be the lead horse. I thought he was going to end up being a really good value this year. Now I think maybe he's just going to sort of be steady <laughs> yeah you wonder how many of these guys can actually be big time contributors um and we even saw jimmy butler take a big hit last year when tobias came and joined the team yeah uh th- then again you're obviously looking to see how many of those starters can stay healthy um it's obviously a very good starting lineup um i mean richardson he's always been that guy that's like a big hype guy but hasn't really been someone that's been worth the hype. I mean, I would say that finishing 60th is not really worth the hype um, for somebody that's a sleeper, quote-unquote. So, yeah, I mean, it's fine. It's a very safe pick. I love that you put sleeper in quotes because it's such a ridiculous concept in this modern day where everybody knows everybody. There's like... you're not a sleeper when every single person that's a fantasy analyst is touting. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're, they're, they're just not, they're not a sleeper at that point. I'm not even sure sleepers exist anymore. Every single person playing fantasy sports knows the top 150 players in the NBA. Sleepers yeah, got to be like all looking to get those guys, whether it be around earlier or around later yeah. than you are. It's nonsense. I mean, it's just, it's it, nonsense. What, what's going on? That's, that's what's going to happen. Someone tweeted at me. It's just search engine optimization at this point, And I think they're right. It's just like you put the word sleeper in something, and people are like, ooh, and then they open up the file, and it's like, oh, I already knew that guy. Of yeah, course yeah, you did. Exactly. You know everybody already. There's no sleepers left. Just uh, like the next pick, by the way, is someone that people are like, oh, let's see how late I can get him. Do we want to move on? Are we, are you, are you done with Josh Richardson? I don't know. I was, I was pulling his numbers apart in my head, and I just – I mean, the only way that Josh Richardson pans out at where his, he's going is if the steals and blocks come back to where they were two seasons ago when he was 2.4 combined. Last year he was 1.6. That was a massive knock. He's always been a guy that we thought could really get it going on the defensive end. Maybe that's the thing that floats him in Philly. And honestly, when he got traded, I thought, awesome. He's going to fall so far, and I'm going to scoop him up at like 85, and I'm going to be thrilled to get this defensive guy who's going to hit me threes, good free throw percent. His field goal is going to be better because he's not the lead horse. And then he's going where he finished last year. That pisses me off. I thought, I thought maybe this is the one that irritates me because I thought there was going to be more value than it actually turned out to be. But we can move on to the next one, uh, who, by the way, as you know, I have zero thoughts on. So I turn the stage over to you permanently on number 68. 
I love how we're doing this every week, where it's every single time this guy gets brought up, you're like, oh, not taking him, so it doesn't matter. John yep. Morant. Um, like him a lot better than the guy that goes next. So I'm good with this pick. Um, it's a very high upside pick, and also um, the floor could be pretty low, which could be a problem. Um, this team took Zach Levine beforehand, and Valanchunas, De'Aaron Fox, Jimmy Butler, Giannis. So a good team. Um, yeah, I mean, I've expressed my thoughts on this guy. I think he's very capable of getting a triple-double any single night. His field goal percentage is probably going to be a problem. He's probably going to turn over the ball a lot. Um, and like we saw last year with Westbrook, he was sitting around 85-90 because of all of that, where his free throw percentage wasn't good as well. I think Moran's lead better. Um, but, I mean, I like the high upside. I probably want to wait one more round before I go for Morant. But, I mean, if you really, really want him, this is where you're going to have to take him. Yeah, his ADP is about five slots later. So, generally, this is, you know, if you're in the middle of this round, he's probably not getting back to you in the seventh. Uh, but, as I've said, I have almost no thoughts on this whatsoever. I just, for in my mind, and and I'm wrong usually one time a year on this, and then I'm right on, like, the other five or six and so I, I'm willing to always say, hey, look, this is the one where my method cost me an opportunity. But for the most part, just from a percentages thing, that's that's how I'm playing it. Uh, you know, the, the examples over the years of guys that I've said I'm not touching rookies, and then they pan out right out of the shoot. Uh, you know, Carl Anthony Towns is an example of a rookie that was getting drafted in like the 40s. And I thought, well, I don't, I don't know what the hell this guy's going to do. It could all blow up in our face. And then he was like a first-round pick in his rookie year. Um, I, I do think big men tend to have an easier path towards fantasy value because they're not being relied upon, uh, especially if they can hit a free throw, which obviously Cat could. Point guards, I mean, Moran could end up being one of those guys you could actually trade for two months into the year when his percentages are god-awful and his turnovers are at five, and you're like, all right, well, I think this guy's going to figure it out in February. I better, I better you know, throw something at the owner now. Maybe that's the method for me on rookies if, if I'm going to be sort of indoctrinated to this thing. Uh, but out of the shoot, oh man, the first few months of the year are generally pretty tough for these guys. 69, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. I mean, he's going to play in OKC, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was fine last year, but I, I just don't know if he's going to take that next step to be big-time fantasy-wise. That's why I was saying I like Morant more. I think the upside is bigger than what Shea will present. But that being said, I think Shea's percentages, um, at least field goal percentage will be better, and he's got that length. Morant is a little bit long, too, by the way. Um, I don't know. I'm fine with it. I just I watched him a lot last year. I just don't think his fantasy game is sixth-round worthy. He was number, uh, or I should say he's going around 78, his ADP so far this year. And... and you're this is interesting I actually thought you would have been higher on him than me um he was a guy that I I want to say I picked on last year but I thought people had sort of gotten a little overexcited about his game last season he was trying to figure out how to add the three-pointer and you know the percentages were decent like pretty good for a guard uh on the field goal side and the steals and blocks were decent but he wasn't rebounding and he wasn't assisting in the middle of the year he wasn't scoring that much and I felt like everybody was getting like a year early on him. Oh, here comes Shea. It's like, well, the Clippers are incredibly deep at guard. He's going to play, but he's not going to really feature unless half the team is sitting. So there was, a, there was a lack of volume there and a lack of, 
frankly, a lack of sort of offense initiation with the Clippers. That was keeping his assists in that three range, which is just not enough for a guy who you want to be probably a point guard as he grows, uh, be the guy that initiates an offense for a team. Well, he's not going to be the point guard in OKC either. They have Chris Paul and Dennis Schroeder. So I don't know that the assists change a ton, but I do think the volume gets better. So I think there's an incremental jump. I feel like we probably agree on that side. Uh, but he's he's a guy with a lot of hype behind his name right now, and that and that hurts. You know, you, you wipe value out when guys start getting drafted earlier. So I'm with you. I think I'd rather see him go a little bit later. Although, do we agree that he is going to be better than last year? Yeah. Um, sort of. <laughs> the issue is, I think, that with Chris Paul there, um, I think that's going to hold him back. Um, so I do think we're one year away from SGA being a guy that I'd be happy drafting in fantasy. Um, he's going to be good. There's there's no doubt about that. I like him a lot as a basketball player. I just think we're one year away. Where are we at? 70? We're at 70. Uh, Hassan Whiteside. Mm. Uh, um, yikes. Ner- uh, uh, I was talking one. to... Who was I talking to? Um, oh, oh. My last Clippers podcast, um, when I was talking to Robert, and I was discussing Hassan Whiteside because he covers Portland as well, I said, is Hassan Whiteside a guy you're drafting? He said no. Um, so that kind of says it a lot. I mean, it says a lot for me. Collins is a guy they're going to try and develop there. Whiteside, tremendous when he's on the court. Um, it's just a matter of how much he's going to play with Portland. That's If I was guaranteed he's going to play 28 to 30 minutes, for sure. I mean, I'd probably be all over him. The yeah, I'd go rebound. earlier. <laughs> yeah, well, the points, rebounds, blocks are great. Um, I just don't know what I'm getting from him. But I'm fine with that pick if you need a center and you're just going to hope and pray that he gets a lot of minutes. I think you got to be punt- punting free throws if you take him to. I-, I know he could bounce back to what his trajectory looked like it was going to be. Because it was, I mean, his numbers were, were encouraging. It was 42% back in Sacramento. That was a decade ago. Then he took that long hiatus, came back with Miami, and his free throw percent went 50 65, 63, 70. So, you know, two out of those three years, he made an, a, a legitimate bump in his free throw shooting. And then last year, 45, which is very much a head case kind of thing. And I don't know that guys can just step up to the line and get that out of their brain. He probably had, I mean, I, he played 72 games last year. He probably had 40 different free throw strokes in those 72 games where I was like, Sometimes he bounced into a free throw, almost like a jump shot. Sometimes it was like a one foot in front of the other. I felt like he was one week away from just blindfolding himself and shooting at the line. So he didn't have any idea what he's doing at the free throw line anymore. Nothing works. He doesn't trust himself. Now, if his free throw number comes back into the 60s, he could be a value almost anywhere in a draft because his rebounding and block rate is so nice. But damn. You know, he was missing 1.9 free throws a game, and he was only taking three and a half. That's, that is really hard to stomach. He probably cost me three points in a, in a Roto League just from free throw alone. And that was a team that had, I think that team had Damian Lillard and Paul George on it. They should have been in pretty good shape. And Hassan Whiteside was just an anvil. So I don't, yeah. I don't think I can take him almost anywhere. I think I'd rather have him in head-to-head. Because I think he can win you rebounds and blocks by himself um, in a week. Like let's say Collins is out for the week. I mean, he could easily win you blocks and rebounds. Um, and field goal percentage will be good. So if you're okay with your free throw percentage, might be hurting for a week. Um, I mean, you might get a good matchup against somebody that has poor free throw shooters. So uh, I'm okay with it in head to head. 
um, if you're going for the upside. Hey, did it, Robert, it's funny. Like, oh, sorry, ahead. I was going to say, did Robert mention anything about this wild Whiteside Collins 5-4 experiment Portland might be trying? Uh-uh. Oh, that terrifies me. So I actually yeah, think can... Whiteside could start the year quickly if they're trying to play Collins at the four, and when Portland's like, that doesn't work, and then they have to start really time-sharing, that's when things could start to peter out pretty fast. Yeah. How can those guys uh, be it's on funny because the, the top of this draft was really solid dudes, um, and then all of a sudden we got to a lot of lottery picks. John Morant, Shea Gildas Alexander, Whiteside. Um, it's, I, I, it's funny because... You're just taking risk versus being safe. And you and I usually look more towards the safe side. So that's why these picks I'm just skeptical about. But if you're going to go for upside, go for it. Um, but just be aware. Uh, Kelly Oubre Jr. at 71 in this draft. Uh, he's another guy that I kind of was hoping would fall. His ADP is 88. This pick leads me to believe maybe his ADP is moving earlier, which is fine. He's probably going to be, I think he'll have a decent year, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about it, how great he was when he went to Phoenix last year and he got out of the shadow of Scotty Brooks in Washington with that whole who's going to actually play Ugh, Scott uh, Brooks. at the small forward position there. So I like Ubre a lot. He's going to get the minutes. Uh, that team's kind of going to be fantasy friendly, which is weird. Being between Rubio and Ayton and Booker and Ubre. I mean, they've got some guys that are, are going to be fantasy friendly, which is really weird to say. <laughs> and to think that four guys could finish in the top 100. Yeah, I'll say. Uh, what about Lonzo Ball? I, I'm sorry, I jumped the gun. Who's, who is 72, he asks after accidentally blurting it out. Hey, Lonzo Ball. Hello, uh, <laughs> that, uh, that you just mentioned. Um, I, I don't like this pick. I, I just don't. I don't no, know who's going to start, if it's going to be him, where he's going to play. He can't shoot free throws. Um, he missed a bunch of last year. Uh, I just don't like the pick. Yeah, he was a week away from returning from that ankle injury for about four and a half months in a row. Um, I don't know where. I don't know how. We, I think you and I talked about this last week. We don't really know how, how these guys get on the floor enough to be... Because Lonzo needs to be running things for him to hit his stride, for him to get the assists, to, to roll up all the rebounds. He needs to be sort of actively involved at all times. And with Drew Holiday and J.J. Redick floating around out there, along with, of course, Ingram, Zion, Derek Favors, there's sort of a logical starting five that doesn't include him. And if, he's, and if he is in the starting five, then he gets bumped to, yeah, I mean, he's the point guard, but, you know, there's three guys or four guys in front of him in the pecking order. I, uh, we, this is an, I, I thought he would get drafted way later this year also, but this is yeah. right on his ADP. No, I just don't think it's going to happen. I mean, these two picks by this guy... I mean, I'm going to say it. They're horrible. I, I just don't like it. I think where you're at in the draft, there are two guys that are going to go in round seven that I would much rather have at that point. I mean, I, I'll spoiler, like I'd much rather have Levert and Favors at this point than Ball and whoever comes next when you announce it. I, um, yeah, Derek Favors, that was really late for him. His ADP is like 30-something now, so I wonder if they snuck this draft in before the Yahoo numbers came out because he's rapid uh, 40 uh, 43 excuse me so not 30 something but i don't yeah. i don't think he falls this far in any draft from also bonzo versus rubio i'd rather have rubio i think i probably would too you just you take the guaranteed role right exactly 100 percent. i mean they paid him a lot of money not gonna pay him a lot of money to sit yeah he's gonna be out there he's gonna be just feeding devin booker who's gonna take 30 shots a game and if 
you know, a third of those go in. That's 10 assists. <laughs> it's but, so simple. Way, this, this guy can just, I mean, this guy's going to end up finishing last. He, he's got Murray. He's got Lonzo Ball. He's got DeMarcus Cousins, um, Chris Paul, Ben Simmons. Uh, he obviously got Anthony Davis at one and then Miles Turner. I just don't like this team. I liked the first two picks, and I like Chris Paul at 48 because he yeah, could be a monster at that point. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot of risks. And then, of course, you know, you got burned by the Boogie Cousins thing here, too. That's rough. Um, that changes the complexion of the whole team. Uh, quick break. Quick break before we hammer through round seven to remind everybody of our newest partner here at Hoopball, and that's our buddies over at MyBookie.com. Brandon, I already tried to convince you last week. Uh, how's the I – don't, I, don't, I know nothing about football. When is week one in the NFL? It's got to be soon, right? Tomorrow. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Tomorrow's Bears, Bears Packers to open things up. That's perfect. I knew it was had to be really close because college football was on this weekend, and I it's like that's always about a week to two weeks before the NFL. So I was floating around in my head. So I'm gonna work on trying to convince you to get involved over at my bookie and and play their fantasy NFL games over there, which is kind of a fun thing they've added. Live in-game betting on the NFL, player perks, and you can bet over under on fantasy points for actual NFL players. I have already moved my money over from other less reputable online sports books to our buddies at MyBookie, and they are deposit matching. It was it was sort of a no-brainer. I went from places that I didn't trust to a place that I do. You bet, you win, they pay. It's simple. Promo code is today. T O D A Y. You can use it today. I, I it's a it's a tough promo code to to give out because people are like, you need me to do it today? I'm like, well, I'd love it if you did. But it's also the word today. MyBookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. Do not forget to use the promo code today when creating your account. Claim your match bonus. Whatever you deposit, up to $1,000, they will match. It's pretty good, actually. Uh, I don't have $1,000 lying around. But if you got half of that, you can turn it into 1000 See how the math works in my head? Uh, they've also got the Handicapping Super Contest. First ever one online. First place guaranteed to win at least $100,000. 100 bucks to enter. You pick five NFL games against the spread every week. Climb a leaderboard. Claim your cash prize. Enjoy NFL that I completely don't understand. And then I'll help you out when we get over to the NBA. Again, that's mybookie.com. M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E.com. Check it out. Promo code, once again, the word today t-o-d-a-y thank you guys for getting involved with us over here dejounte murray we we pivot back sharply to pick number 73 since i jumped the gun on the last one i probably should have let you start this round but i biffed that as well um this whole you like the, what's that you love the attention i do i really do you love, love the, you love the sound of your own voice you didn't talk enough apparently in the last podcast and apparently that back injury is not holding you back enough i'm all loose so, uh, Took my, I took, took my, uh, took my muscle relaxants. I'm ready to roll now. I am, <laughs> I am not at all trusting this San Antonio backcourt. No, me neither. Uh, Murray gets you a lot of rebounds. That's cool. Um, he also is coming off what I think is a torn ACL. So um, yeah, n- not a big fan when there are other guards available at this spot. What about the guy right after him? Would you? Where? Where is he for you? you I'm can... cool. I'm cool with that. I mean, they gave Terry Rozier a ton of money. So, obviously, Kemba's gone. Somebody's got to get the usage on that team, and it's not going to be Nick Batum um, that's doing everything on that team. So, yeah, I'm cool with Rozier in this spot. I think this is a guy that just pure out of usage could walk in the top 50. Um, Turnover is probably going to be a problem. Field goal percentage might be a problem as well. 
but he's going to help with steals, um, get you points, assists. Yeah, I like that pick, I think. I think that's more of a – I think that's a safer pick than Murray, but there are some downfalls in his game. Yeah, his ADP is 63, so he's actually going a tiny bit later here uh, than he is in, in more recent Yahoo drafts. The field goal percent is the thing that scares the bejesus out of me. Um, he's a career 38 percenter as a guy that wasn't the featured player on offense. I, I shudder to think, I don't think it's going down. It would be really hard for it to be lower than that. But even if it's still just around that mark and he's taken, you know, 14, 15 shots a game instead of eight, that's a that's a huge drag. And I he hasn't proven to me that he has the uh, assists game that someone like a, say, Trey Young has, who is also a very low field goal percent guy. Uh, not this low, but pretty low. Um I'm, I'm trying to extrapolate some of the numbers from two years ago when he saw more playing time with Kyrie out more uh, extensively. And in, in 26 minutes a game that year, he was at 11, 5, and 3. So he was actually a better rebounder than he was a passer. One, one steal, .2 blocks. If we assume he gets up to like 32, 33 minutes a game, which is generally the upper limit for a lot of these guys, especially on teams that aren't really trying to win, uh, you could bump that up to, you know, 16 points give him an extra third there i don't know that the rebounds change a ton four and a half five assists i hope that would be higher 1.4 steals yeah some of that stuff is pretty good but damn high volume awful field goal percent i don't think that he's a guy i take in most roto formats head to head i get it because he could have some big games piled up in there uh he scares the bejesus out of me though on that on that percentage side He's so young, though. I mean, you got to give him some yeah, credit. Yeah, true. He, he hasn't been a starter yet. Um, so that's one thing that could be interesting is that he has not played a lot of minutes. I mean, two years ago, three years ago, he was playing eight minutes off the bench. So it's, I think you got to give him a shot. He's one of those guys that you can take at this point and hope that he finishes well. Um, I may have been jumping the gun when I said top 50 because I think that field goal percentage is pretty brutal and the turnovers will be high. And when you have those two categories, that's not great. Um, but still, I mean, if you need a guard at this point, like I'm okay with it. Kevin Love at 75. This is your boy. I know this is really low. Damn. I know he didn't play it all last year, but geez, 75. I Yeah, but that's the problem. That I mean, what's to say that they don't suck again and they sit him again? Man. Where's he actually going? His ADP is 43. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's wow. less surprising. I mean, you know, we we know what he can do when he's on the floor. I, I don't, I'd be surprised if they sat him anywhere close to as much as they did last year. They just pulled the plug on him for a three-month pre-tank. I think he wants to be out there. I think there's a chance they try to move him to a place like Portland at some point, too. I, I just, I, I can't. I, I don't think he falls to 75, and if he does, I have to take him because this is a seventh-round pick. Who gives a crap if your seventh-rounder doesn't pan out? He has – Kevin Love has second-round upside. Yeah. There uh, aren't many guys in the 70s with that. Here's a question for you, and I'm, I'm just curious. How close is Jaron Jackson versus Kevin Love for you? Mm, I think I'd go – I think I want Jaron Jackson because he's going to play. How close is it? Wow, that's a really good question. I hadn't thought about that. 
It's it's strikingly close, closer than, closer than it should be. Here's the reason why I ask, because he took Jaron Jackson Jr. round four, and then he went bam, and then he went white side, and now he's going with love. I love this pick, Kevin Love at 75. Yeah, so based on, that's his fourth big, so I'm actually okay with that there. Yeah, I would have taken him happily over Hassan Whiteside. Yeah. Man. I mean, this at 75, you have to. I mean, it, from this point on in a draft, even like 10 picks earlier, you can look at it and you can say, how many of these guys could actually, on a per-game basis at least, how many of these guys could actually be in this, inside the top 20? And the answer is like three. And I think yeah. he's one of them. And obviously, things have to break right. I'm not saying he will, but... Most of these guys, you can immediately just say, nope, no chance on a per-game basis to be a top-20 guy. No chance. Uh, yeah. And you can't say that with him, because if he plays, he's going to take a whole boatload. I believe the medical term is a buttload of shots. Yeah, that, that, is, a, that is a medical term. Yeah, uh, by I, the way, I think I would spend about $12 a max in an auction. Lately. Ooh, we got Yeah, I got to get you and Brew on here to just do an auction pod so that I can sit to the side and enjoy. That needs to happen I think here soon. Was, something like that is how much I would spend. 76. We'll keep rumbling along here. Karis LeVert. See, I didn't, uh, I, didn't um, step, I didn't step on your toes that time. I just shut up. That was good. Thank uh, you. Karis LeVert, no KD this year. So that is, uh, that's going to help. LeVert was actually very helpful last year. When he came back, he was great, obviously, in the beginning of the year. Um, love the upside of this pick. Um, Kyrie Irving is the only guy that's really stepping on his usage. Obviously, that's a lot of usage. But um, LeVert's a guy that just... I feel like he's someone that you know has the talent. Um, and the question is, what will he do next year? Um, can he stay healthy? Uh, I like him. Yeah, I'm good with this. I'm good with it. I mean, he was a guy that everybody was like, he's going to be a top 40 guy. Uh, and he went way too early last year. But this is back where he should be going. So I'm good with it. Uh, Marvin Bagley at 77. I'll, uh, we talked about him. We, so we had a we had a very well, different. It's like funny. Him. You and I talked about a very different. We talked about from like forty five to sixty last week. This week we're sixty one to eighty four, and we're getting the same guys. Yeah, it's weird. And then again, the totals for Bagley, he finished uh, round fourteen value one sixty five. So we talked about his upside last year. Oh, last last year, last week. We didn't think that it was actually as high as some people think, but round seven. I mean, you'll happily take that value. Yeah. Uh, I prefer. I mean, I think we can do these together because Derek Favors is next. I think I'd rather have Favors than Bagley. Um, but yeah, I'm fine with this pick if you need a big. He's going to yeah. get you points. He's going to get you rebounds. He'll get you some blocks. Obviously, the free throw percentage is the issue. Um, but it's a good pick there. Yeah, we can lump those two guys together. I'm good with that. Bagley, Derek Favors, because Favors is not going to fall this far in drafts now that Yahoo went aggressive on him. I, I too, would rather have Derek Favors, but I think he's going to be going at least two rounds earlier. So um, I like both of these picks. This is, a, this is a fine spot for Bagley, and it's a fantastic spot for Favors because, yeah, you're not going to get him this, this late at any point. Uh, can we leap straight to 79? Yeah, let's do it. You and, I both, you and I both like this one as a late point guard pick. Ricky Rubio, perfect bounce yes. back spot this year. Yes, yes. I mean, this is someone that is going to give you assists in the seventh round. I mean, that, that's pretty good. You don't find that very often. Um, he averaged six assists per game last year. Uh, free throw percentage is very good as well. He hits over a three per game. He'll give you some rebounds. He'll score 
Um, durability has been a bit of a concern, but still, I'm good with this pick. I think he'll contribute for you in the categories you need. I think his durability might be better this year, too, because he was on a team last season that actually wanted him to fight on defense, and I'm not sure that Phoenix is going to care. <laughs> He's not going to have to expend the energy on that side of the ball. Yeah, right. I, I think that's that's a decent point, actually. And, and then also his steals might go up because they're playing helter-skelter yep. style of basketball. I love it. Go up. 100% agreement with you on that one. Give me number 80. Marcus Smart. Um, I don't know what to think of Marcus Smart because he's always been somebody that you've streamed if you needed steals. Um, but outside of that, it's like, what's he giving you? And then you look closer at his numbers, and he's shooting over 80% from the line. He's getting you over a three and a half per game. He's getting you close to three rebounds. He's getting you four assists. He's getting you, like I said, close to two steals per game. And where did that end up last year? How about 51 overall? No Kyrie there. I'm assuming he's going to start at the two. Um, I would think you think it'd be Kemba and then probably Smart as yeah. the backcourt and then with Hayward at the three. So I, I like that pick a lot, actually. And, yeah. Is Tatum the four? Yeah, that's the question. Or is Hay- uh, Hayward's probably the four, actually, because he's slower. Yeah, probably what? Tatum, Hayward? is your front court and then Ennis Cantor is your starting center on that team. And you're probably bringing Jalen Brown in off the bench. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, Marcus smart is not an old man, but he very much fits the old man. Best brisk profile. Uh, yes, he, he fits the, the new profile. Mm-hmm. What is, what's the uh, acronym the, that we're going with again? The old farts underdrafted club. Yes. Yes. The, I uh, believe. Oh, Yes. Yeah, that's right. Oh, farts is how yes. we're gonna say that. <laughs> is how we're gonna call them here on the podcast. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed my time making that one up. No, I like Marcus Smart. Uh, he's, I think he's gonna have a nice role. His ADP is eighty-eight. Uh, I'm totally fine with taking him a tiny bit early because I think he's gonna have a nice year. I just I like the I like the stat set. Probably more fun for Roto since he can pile up the sort of weirdo stats, and he's not gonna generally you know, dominate the popcorn things that you like in, in your head-to-head matchups. But, uh, yeah, I, I guess I'm curious to see where he goes as drafts evolve here. He seems like the kind of guy that's not where his ADP could actually fall just because he doesn't do the buzzy stuff. And uh, we shall see. Um, 81, I don't, I'm not, you know, I'm, I love my Lakers, but I don't, I'm not on board with this one. Kyle Kuzma at 81, this is way too early for him in my book. He was really good last year, but he was also really good on a team that had LeBron James sitting for a bunch of time and didn't have Anthony Davis. Um, He's going to be the number three. I think his usage will go down. His percentages can really hurt you at times, at least the field goal percentage can. Um, I don't know. Uh, This is tough, Dan, because I actually owned him last year, and I liked having him a lot. He was a big-time contributor. Um, but then you look at where he finished, and it was 127 overall in 70 games. That's not very good. And it's because he shot 45.5% from the fields, 75% from the line, mm-hmm. doesn't get you many steals and blocks, one combined, not really much assists. I think he's more of a points guy than anything. Yeah, he really is. He's like a big version of Eric Gordon. And that's, yes. and that's you know, that's what you're going to get. Efficiency could get better. That could be a way for him to improve, but... He ain't going any higher than this, you know. If his his feet, what did you say, one twenty something? 
his one twenty seven. Yeah. Um, and that's basically around where he was one thirty five, by the way, on a per game basis. So I just even if things improve for him, there just aren't the categories to make a giant leap. It would have to be assists or steals or blocks or one of the percentages would have to get really good, really good. Like field goal would have to be 49 or 50 or free throw would have to get over 80. And even then you're talking about getting to basically where he's getting drafted. So uh, no thanks. This, is, this, cuts, this cuts any value out from him. Did you and I talk Gary Harris last week? I, we've talked the Nuggets before and where we're a little unsure about where they're going to land and if Harris is going to be healthy, Barton, wh- where they all fit together. Mm. How are you? Wh- what's your stance on number 82 here? Um, another guy that I've drafted in both my leagues last year. When he's on the floor, he was helpful. But the question is, what's his usage going to be? How many minutes is he actually going to play? And with a lot of that, we don't know. Last year, he finished overall not good. Yeah, 186 because he played 57 games. But when he was on the floor, 13 points, about a three and a half per game. Doesn't give you many rebounds and assists. Like we've talked about, I think we want to see the steals and blocks go up. Field goal percentage sucked, though. Um, yeah, that was weird. That's, uh, that's the one I think we need to stare at because that was, and I don't know if that was the injury that got him, but that was way below his career mark. His free throw number was actually below the year before as well like in my mind I'm thinking there has to be some sort of positive regression here because he also took fewer three-pointers last season you'd think that that would actually improve his overall field goal number but he was actually just bad from everywhere that I, I think that can't I'm hold. good with that picture in that round though because yeah, if you look at what it was in 2017-18 34 the year before that 56 the year before that 88 so he's shown that he's mostly a top 70 guy yeah uh so, I mean, I'm good with that pick. I just, it's hard to know exactly what you're getting. But then again, you're at the spot now where you're okay if you don't know exactly what, what you're getting from somebody. Right near the beach, loading up on nuggets here. Yeah. Demonis Sabonis, 83. I'm, uh, you can also put him in the category of guys I'm a little bit less enthused about than other people in the fantasy world because he's really a points, rebounds, assists big man. And I felt like he. I felt like he got more credit than he deserved last year uh, for a guy who doesn't really do anything on the defensive side and isn't a very good free throw shooter. I, I think I don't know why he gets a pass in some of his bad categories. He was number 104 on a per-game basis, I think a tiny bit higher than that in totals. Do you have totals in front of you? 96. Yeah, so a little bit better. But, I mean, he probably plays a little more this year. Yeah, I think that's what the pick is, is that they're hoping that this Turner Sabonis thing actually playing together happens. Um, Turner owners are hoping that does not occur. Um, for Sabonis, though, I think he's getting a lot of love more from probably the daily fantasy community yeah. because he was somebody you could plug in whenever Turner was out and he always produced big time. Um, it's funny because these picks now where we're at between like Smart, Kuzma, Harris, Sabonis, and then obviously I'll go ahead and jump ahead. Jonathan Isaac. It's guys that have a pretty wide range. Very wide range. Yeah, I mean, that's this part of the draft, though. So you you take your shot. Um, for all intents and purposes, he is probably one of the safer guys you could take around this range because he'll be on the floor and he'll do stuff, even if it's yeah. not your favorite category. So um, he's not my kind of guy, but I have no real objection to a Sabonis at 83 pick. Yeah, if, if you need a big, go ahead. The interesting thing is this guy already had like three or four bigs. Um 
but loading up for another loading up uh 84 this will be our last one for the day jonathan isaac uh, what a way to end it a guy that was doing nothing last year to start the season and then finally burst in the scene (laughs) at a tremendous stretch where he was incredibly useful and then kind of fell off a little bit at the end of the season. Yeah, um, what a, what is he going? Uh, I'm man. So here's here's the question, Brandon. I'm I'm leaping in here because this is the one that drives us in so many fantasy discussions. Yes. Will will the magic do what's smart, or will he the started. magic do what's easy? I think they'll do what's easy. I, I'm not sure he'll start. Uh, that means Al Farouk Aminu is going to get a bunch of his a bunch of his playing time. That's brutal. Yeah. Didn't we look, and that was the issue, was that they ended up signing a bunch of small forwards, and we're like, what are they doing? They already have one. Yeah, this is their future. This is the guy. He was the guy that when he was playing well, they were playing well. Yeah. And now I they're going to... Oh. oh, I'm so upset with Orlando. Now, I know that they're... Maybe they'll do something right. There's like a 20% chance, right, that, they're, that they bring Aminu off the bench, and he plays 20 minutes, and Isaac gets 28. They split power forward minutes or whatever it happens to be. I'm just, man, I am petrified that Isaac has a little bit of a cold spell or he misses a rotation, and they're just like, all right, Aminu, you're the old goat. Get in there and settle things down. And then he starts for like a month. That terrifies me. Yeah, it is terrifying. Who would you rather have, Jonathan Isaac or Gordon Hayward? Gordon Hayward. Yeah, me too. And it's interesting. So I'll spoil a pick for tomorrow. He goes two picks later. I mean, two rounds later. By the way, they're ADPs, 82 and 83 on Yahoo. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. So at least, at least this draft is on point with those guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, yeah, boy. Two rounds later, by the way. I said, I corrected myself. Two rounds later, he goes. Ooh. Yeah. He goes, I, he goes round nine. That's a nice pick at 105 in this one. Goodness. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. That's we'll put a pin in that. Pick it up tomorrow yeah. with uh, the great Neil Welchlani, who I'm finally allowing to come on the podcast after I oh, aced him out. I know after I aced him out on Tuesday. Uh, the wonderful, the magical, the mysterious, the slightly swollen eye, Brandon Marcus. BD Marcus on Twitter. Thank you, my good man. You don't even have to listen to the closing. I'm going to let you run now. What? But well, how about I promote my podcast, the uh, Clippers Hoopball Podcast? Yeah, That's promote right. it. That uh, we are going to have the wonderful Adam Osland of AM570. He does the Clippers pregame, halftime, and postgame show. Also, you hear him uh, on the FNA podcast and uh, around 570. So we'll be talking to him uh, actually a little bit later today. Awesome. Well done. That's going to be a fun one. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Thank you, Brandon. I'll talk to you in a week. Adios, my friend. (laughs) See you later. (laughs) Later, dude. And that's our show. Ran longer than I expected. I was going to try to get this thing done in 45 minutes. Good luck to me following that uh, directive from my own head. Screwed that up. Uh, yeah, check out the Hoop Ball Clippers podcast. Available anywhere podcasts are distributed. The wonderful Brandon Marcus, who knows a lot about a lot of things. The Clippers, absolutely one of them. That's going to be a fun episode again this week. He had some awesome guests on that show so far. If you need to find it, again, you can hit him up at BD Marcus on Twitter. I am at Dan Bespris. By the way, we got a new episode of our DFS show coming out tomorrow. Coach and Mike will have that thing. We'll uh, actually be talking to Coach, a Team USA update on tomorrow's podcast, along with Neil Rochlani, Adrian on Friday. Check out our buddies at Fantasy Draft as well. They've got these awesome deals on rake-free DFS. You can get information on that over at Twitter as well. They're just fantasydraft.com. Use promo code hoop-ball when you're signing up to get a free week 
access to their rake-free contest. That means basically every dime that people put in to buy into the contest is available as a prize. There's no take for the website. You guys have probably seen, you know, if it's a $3 buy-in on a 100-people league, all 300 bucks doesn't usually come back to the participants. Usually some, you know, 10% goes to the website for hosting. Rake-free means the website does not have a take. So again, hoop-ball is the promo code there. Sign up, play some games, uh, or if you'd like, wait until the NBA starts. That's fine if you're not uh, big into football. A lot of folks are. I'm not. That's just my prerogative. Uh, thank you again to my bookie and Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. And once again, a reminder, if you'd like to hop into some hoop ball leagues, you can hit me up. I might even have a spot in a personal league if that's more your uh, your cup of tea. Either way, today's show, donezo. Thanks again to Brandon. I'm Dan. Have a great Wednesday. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.